0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, just a few days ago, I had a chance to uh, sit down and talk with uh, Wharton's Carl Ulrich, uh, who is very much involved uh, in the world of entrepreneurship and innovation here with the Wharton School. And we had the chance to speak uh, over the Internet uh, on a conferencing platform about what the future is going to look like for those specific areas, when we really have moved post-COVID-19. Here's that conversation. Well, among the numerous sectors that we'll need to adapt coming out of this coronavirus pandemic will most likely be entrepreneurs and startups. And as we move towards getting business going once again, we will see in various sectors uh, the impact. How will leaders adjust their thinking moving forward and how will we prepare for future issues that could have significant impact? We wanted to take a look forward in a variety of different sectors, and a pleasure to have joining me today Carl Ulrich, who is Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School. you also hear him as the host of Launchpad every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, right on Sirius XM 132. Carl, great to talk to you. Hope everything is going well for you out on the West Coast.
1: Yeah, everything's great here. I'm in San Francisco, and it's good to be with you, Dan.
0: Uh, I wanted to get a sense from you as first as the impact that you have seen the coronavirus has had on your areas of expertise of entrepreneurship and innovation.
1: Well, it's impacted virtually every aspect of my life from higher ed, which is my day job, but also my subject matter, which is entrepreneurship. I, you may not know it, but I'm also a small business owner, and yes. I own two small businesses in in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They both share the same space. And it's bizarre because one got hit with demand and the other had its demand entirely crushed. So one business is is called Maker Stock and our customers are universities. We sell materials like acrylic and plywood to university maker labs, engineering schools and architecture schools. And the other business is Zooter Scooters and we sell kick scooters to urban to adults in urban environments, the the maker stock business basically went away. Our customers yeah. literally closed their doors. And the Zooter business, everyone said, Oh my God, I don't want to be on a subway and went looking yeah. for alternative transportation. So in the in the same building, we've seen two businesses, one one get boosted and one get crushed.
0: So how do you think then this will impact both of those businesses? post pandemic or you know once you start to see uh, a little bit more normalcy of business starting to reopen
1: yeah well let's start with the the boom scenario i've i've had to think about two critical questions one is do i actually add staff to to track demand and i basically decided no and my my guys have also decided they would much rather work overtime and and really scramble to avoid having to have any layoffs in the future. So that's one issue. The other though is the supply chain issue. So most of our components come from China and and we've come to really worry quite a bit about how fragile that supply chain is. And I've been trying to think through to what extent should I plan around a hundred year storm? You know, I, I hope this is a hundred year storm should I really think about reconfiguring my supply chain in the future to avoid potential disruption? Uh, so that's on on the boom side. On the bust side, it's also a tough question because at Maker Stock, I, I suppose we have three scenarios. One is we fold the tent and say we we won't weather this, and and it's you know we shouldn't throw good money after bad. The other scenario is to say, no, you know this might last. Uh, six to 12 months, now is the time to get lean and strong and prepare for the future. And a third scenario is is a pivot, which is to say what assets and capabilities do we have and is there something else we can do yeah. to survive the, the weather.
0: Are you starting to hear those types of stories from other entrepreneurs and startups as well? And and, and I ask that in the perspective of I'm seeing more and more stories pop up in, in different media outlets of, about how even though we have this pandemic going on, we are seeing companies be able to pivot and be able to think about new aspects that they may be able to add to their business that may expand kind of their operations overall in the years ahead.
1: Yeah, I think it it really is very situational. There are some businesses that are uniquely positioned to do something, to be quite responsive to, to the crisis. So, for instance, actually the maker stock business, it turns out we had – a lot of this uh, Mylar film, this clear Mylar film that's used in face shields, we yeah. didn't have it for face shields. We have it for other purposes. We were able sure. to very quickly pivot to supplying some of the people making PPE, and that turned out to be a, a, a pretty good, pretty good thing. But I think for some businesses, I mean, if you're in if you're in hospitality, I, I don't know that there's a pivot here that is going to be realistic. Uh, and and I, I think often in entrepreneurship, I, you know, I've weathered a few a few downturns and a few recessions. And one lesson I've learned is you 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 cut deep and you cut hard, you know, deeper than you think you need to cut when you when you face a crisis like this. And I think that's probably the bigger pitfall I see is people who are basically burning cash somewhat overly optimistically at this point.
0: But I remember talking with you uh, when uh, we first started SiriusXM, and one of the things we talked about is just entrepreneurship in general and the level of success versus the level of failure. And now you're talking about a scenario where that's still a component, but now you're throwing in an X factor, which may even tip the scales further to the, to the negative.
1: Yeah, I probably, I don't remember that conversation, but almost certainly I, I, I try to be a realist, with entrepreneurs, like these, this is your base rate of success. But I have a, and and I'm usually a little bit pessimistic relative to what, what they believe their base rate yeah. of success is. But I also teach a, a model, I call it the V-Day model, V-I-D-E, which says that value V in entrepreneurship is a function of three buckets of factors. I, which is the idea itself, you could think of that as the pain point. D, what you do with the idea, your skills and capabilities. And then that E is the exogenous factors, which I think of as the weather, yeah, factors outside your control. And my students have historically rolled their eyes at the E. They're like, oh, yeah, come on, what, what, what could that possibly be? And Crazy. they're not rolling their eyes anymore. They're realizing, yeah. wow, yeah, some little, some little virus in a bat 8,000 miles away and crush my business and it has nothing to do with me.
0: But that makes me wonder, you talked about this being hopefully a 100-year uh, instance. Uh, I think now that we have seen, obviously, the impact of something like 9-11 and then we see the Great Recession and now we're seeing this, is that maybe the expectation of that 100-year event maybe is not as realistic? I mean, we should expect these things. Occurrences to happen on a more frequent basis. I I think
1: I I mean I genuinely hope that this is not that pandemics of this type are not increasing in frequency. I mean I I, yeah. I don't think there's much evidence of that. Maybe a little bit to the extent that the global we're we're more globally interconnected, so maybe they diffuse faster. But I, I really don't think there's evidence that we should expect pandemics of this scale to recur at higher frequency. Right. Right. But I, I do think there's some lessons to be extracted. And people, you know, I, I think that one of the problems is these business cycles and these the recessions, the, the disruptions to the system, don't occur frequently enough that very many of us get to experience three or four of them in our careers. Yeah. And so we need to find a better way to communicate to young people that these things do happen and that there's tremendous value to being lean and flexible in, in, in the event that some disruption occurs. It, it may not be on the scale of, the, of, of COVID, but, but there's always something. And so I think tempering optimism with a sense of there is going to be something, it's going to be outside your control, and being resilient and lean to navigate it is an important quality in entrepreneurs.
0: I, I think that also in the interviews that we've done uh, on SiriusXM over the years, uh, that the entrepreneurial spirit doesn't seem like it, it, it gets impacted. It's just whatever that next step is in the process, no matter what the impact is. Obviously, if you go back a decade with the Great Recession, it wasn't like entrepreneurship slowed down. We still see lots of entrepreneurs, lots of great ideas that, that are coming out there this is going to continue to, you know, it's not going to slow down the idea or the spirit of entrepreneurship. Right. It might. I
1: I do think necessity is the mother of invention. And we certainly have been seeing a lot of creative problem solvers jumping to help. And that certainly is an entrepreneurial impulse. And some of those efforts will result in value creation and business creation. I, I also think it's a Fantastic opportunity for some people to to have the excuse really to pursue their passions or to develop the toolkit they need to be entrepreneurs. My my own son, a recent college grad, was he just graduated from college a year ago and was laid off about four four weeks ago, and and he he viewed it as this great opportunity. He said, Dad, I'm going to work yeah. on my portfolio. I I wasn't wild about that role. I wanna, I want to I want to, I want to, I want to move into this, into into more doing more design instead of more marketing, and so I'm going to work on my portfolio. I'm going to start in this venture. I'm going to work with some of my friends, and there's a lot of capacity out there right now to work on projects, and and this is a, a socially legitimate period in which to retool and to work on on projects, and so I think it's a good opportunity for young people.
0: Yeah. It, it it also seems like there is the opportunity where speaking of social that the the component of social of doing things that are not only going to be beneficial but are going to be beneficial to communities as well feels like it's going to pick up even more and obviously we see so many uh companies and and individuals looking at ways that they can produce PPE these days obviously you have a lot of major companies that are that are building out ventilators but it seems like there's an opportunity now to really even further address some of the social components that so many people have talked about in the years past
1: yeah I think that's a definitely a, a silver lining I I think I, I mean personally despite all the all the nonsense that's happening politically I, I think there's this collective sense that we as a people globally, we got serious about something. We we put our minds to to following certain norms and, and conventions and we actually changed the outcome. Right. So that's yep. a super positive thing. I also think there's been renewed focus on things that matter in life. Uh, that, of course, can cut both ways. I I have found myself thinking, wow, look at my credit card bill. It's it's four hundred dollars yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. of four thousand dollars, right? Yes. And and you know, did I what was I buying for four thousand dollars? Did I really need all that stuff? And so I <laughs> you know, socially I think that's probably a good thing. Uh uh but but I don't know how good that is for the economy. I, I, I just think we're gonna come out of this buying a lot less stuff.
0: What do you think then if if you're teaching a class today and in front of a group of, of would be entrepreneurs? And thinking about what has occurred over the last few weeks and what may occur over the next several weeks to follow. What's the advice you give to entrepreneurs at this point?
1: Yeah, I think um, it it's I guess paraphrasing Stacey Abrams, it, it's do the work. You know, it's it's really focus on what are your skills? And 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 those skills better be tied to recognizing problems and solving those problems and those are the skills that make you most useful in a crisis and that I think make you most useful in general in life and so we we were in a in a period of a lot of irrational exuberance a lot of capital available a lot of people could get yeah. get by on swagger and and I think yeah. those times are gone and I think that's in general healthy so I, that's the advice I'd give yeah
0: As always, great to talk with you, Carl. Uh, Be safe out there on the West Coast and uh, look forward to seeing you back on the East Coast at the Wharton campus and the University of Pennsylvania a little later on.
1: It was my pleasure, Dan.
0: Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, and you also hear him as one of the hosts of Launchpad every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM. 132 To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.